Davis, every zone, Goodrell holds it, shoots, scores, scores! North Bay has won the division! Warrior on the back, and he scores! Pour some sugar on that one! Special delivery for Special K, and he scores! Amadio! Hey, ho, Amadio! This is the Battalion Blog Podcast with the voice of the Battalion, Matthew Sucrum. Hello and welcome to the Battalion Blog Podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a pretty hectic month. Uh, last couple of weeks, uh, just a lot of changes going on at the station and uh, a lot of traveling for myself personally. But happy to be back. Great to be back uh, doing a podcast. And uh, hopefully we can uh, continue this throughout the playoffs as well. I'm Matt Sucrum, joined by Thomas Mercy and Tristan Fitzpatrick, who help out with the Battalion Games both on the road and at home on Country 600 CKT. And gentlemen, uh, great to have you back on uh, the airwaves here as well. Good to be back, Suki. It's been a while. As always, <laughs> Matt, it's uh, great fun to be here. So a lot has happened since our last podcast. Uh, the last time we did a podcast, the Battalion were kind of flying high on mm-hmm. a bit of a roll, but then the weeks since, uh, they've, they've started to trend downward. They were actually vying for a division title the last time yeah. we we spoke that's right but um the uh the barry colts kind of surged ahead of themselves and uh they've got it locked down officially now and the north bay Baton right now as we speak ahead of uh, tonight's game against the Subbury wolves they are basically needing two points to make sure that they actually get home ice advantage so it's mm-hmm. been a been a weird couple of weeks i i i for one didn't see it ending this way. I thought the final game of the year against the Barry Colts was going to be a game that could decide the division title, or at mm-hmm. least it would have come down to this weekend. What are yeah. your guys' thoughts on that? Um, yeah, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a nice sentiment, uh, especially when they were flying high, like we said when we last did this podcast. But I think, I think um, well, maybe it was uh, mid-November, watching this team after, uh, after Zach Bertina retired earlier in the October Harland came in. Even though the team was playing well at times, uh, the road record has struggled all year. I kind of made a, a, a conscious decision to kind of to not get too ahead of myself, no matter how well or bad the team played. Uh, you know, just just as a, a as a as a fan and as a, a commentator on, on this team, I, I kind of made a conscious decision to not get too up and over it. Uh, so when they went high flying, you know, it was it was a nice sentiment, and I'm you know. You know, I'm sure that the players wanted it. I'm sure that uh, some of the coaching staff. But, I mean, even if you'd ask Dan Butler, I don't think he cares that much about the division title. I think that's not the one you chase. I don't even think the Barry Colts really mind that much that they have it. You know, I know that last year they, they lost it on the on the second last game or the last game of the season. Um, it wasn't against the Barry Colts, but the Barry Colts won the division. Um, uh, it's simply, I think they were tied on points. That was it. Yeah, they were tied on points at the end of the year, and the Barry Colts just had the head-to-head record. They meet up in the second round, and, and the North Bay Battalion beat them in five games. That's the only That's the only time. Was it six games? It was on the road. Oh, that, you're right. You're right. It was six <laughs> games on the road uh, in Barrie. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's the only thing that Stan Butler cares about. He doesn't care if it's division title. Mm-hmm. But if they beat him in the second round, he'll care. So, uh, you know, so from a personal point of view, I think that, uh, you know, he, as long as Barry was in that second position, I assumed Barry was going to win. Yeah, I mean, you know, the way it's been, <coughs> pardon me, going lately – it, it just hasn't looked good. I mean, they went they went on two straight road trips, and they got thumped in the last road trip, losing all three games. I mean, the game against Oshawa was probably one of the best games uh, that we've seen in a while. That was playoff hockey that we saw 
unfortunately it didn't end the way any North Bay fan would want it to. And then mm-hmm. they go in Niagara the, or St. Catharines the next night and they just get absolutely pummeled. And I mean, it just it just wasn't good. And the vibes around uh, North Bay weren't good at the time. But you know, looking forward, the division title, like you said, doesn't really matter. What really matters is actually winning the entire playoffs, which is the OHL title. That should be your main priority. But of course, you gotta win uh, 16 games in order to get to that point. You know, uh, of course, going up against a team like Sudbury and being from Sudbury, they have been struggling this year. So it could be an easy ride for North Bay. I, I'm not sure. They've lost both games in Sudbury against the Wolves. So, I mean, two points is on the line here, and they need home ice by the way they've been playing as of late. So, you know, this weekend's very crucial. And a game against Barry on Sunday, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty excited for that game because that's going to be one heck of a game, and it could possibly be a future playoff series matchup maybe in the second round? I don't know. I think, um, well, first of all, for the division, I think that the battalion, um, I, yeah, I, I don't think they, they're too worried about it, the fact that they don't have it. But it also comes down to the fact that if they did get it and they do move on past the first round of the playoffs, then they then they would have had home ice advantage for that second round guaranteed. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's out of their reach now. Um, but well, that last game against Barry now, I think that's a game where you limit your time for your regular or your your top line. Yeah. I mean, if you can get two points in a game either tonight or tomorrow against the Sudbury Wolves, I think that that's you'll take it, and then you know you have home ice advantage. You're probably going to be facing Peterborough or Ottawa in the first round anyway, so I think you don't want to run the risk of having your you know, your Amadios and your Santos and your McKenzie's out there for an extended period of time against the Barry Colts in a game that might not mean anything in the long run. Yeah. Well, I mean, two things there. First off, I'm like I said, I, I expected the Barry Colts to win simply because they were in second position. But I don't. That doesn't mean I expect this team to just simply get through the second round. Uh, the East is as tight as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's much tighter than it was last year. Uh, you know, especially you look at the way Kingston came here and lost. You know, got swept in those games in the first round. I, I don't, I don't think even Kingston expect to sweep the first round no. this year. You know, like I. Well, I think Kingston is just hoping they actually make it out of the first hey, round this, for the this first is time be- in 18 this, years. This is the best right? Kingston that's, team we've seen. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean. I, like, I, I really think. The team to to avoid is is the Peterborough Peets, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But I think that you know getting the the third home ice advantage rather than the fourth, which which Niagara and North Bay are battling for, getting the third one is more important to me because uh, if, if there is an upset, and let's face it, it, it across all hockey, there is it never just goes by seeding. You know, of course the OHL is a little bit more um, you know predictable, but it, it's it's some somebody whether in the East or West is going to get upset, and there's nothing to say that if it's the Peterborough Peets against the Barry Colts. I, I could definitely see the Peter, the Peter Ropeets getting uh, getting a win yeah. in, in six, seven games in that series. So uh, so then all of a sudden, if you're North Bay Battalion, boom, you're in the second round and the Barry Colts are out, you have home you have yep. home ice advantage yeah. in that one. So I don't think home ice advantage is a complete formality as in you're only going to get it in the first round. I th- and that's that's what Stan Butler will say as well, is it's it's crucial to to get third home, the, th- the third spot. And, you know, regardless of the division, get third, beat, not get above Niagara. That's the most important thing because the second round, you really don't know what's going to happen in yeah, the first round. And, right. yeah. and the second round is the most important part. And, I mean, you look at a team like the Barry Colts, just the further on for Sunday's game, a lot of people don't like the Barry Colts, rightfully so, because this, this is one of the biggest rivalries in the OHL today. 
a lot of people don't like them, but you got to realize how good this team actually is. They got Kevin LeBanc, who's going to win the OHL scoring title this season. I mean, what a what a year it's been for Kevin LeBanc. And, of course, they got all that other talent there. They traded away Lemieux before the deadline. You know, that was a bit of a huge blow, but they've been just outstanding. Andrew Mangiapane's another one, just named Pioneer OHL Player of the Week. I mean, a lot of people don't like Mangiapane for some of his chirpiness. Fantastic player, though. He's a fast skater. He's got a great shot. I mean, I can't speak for Howard Chuck, but... He might have to rest his veterans for that game because North Bay is going to be coming out of the gate. They're going to want to win heading into the playoffs. I think it's going to be a really tight game, aggressive as always. And I think we're going to see arguably one of the best uh, last home games that we've seen in North Bay since they came back. Yeah, for sure. So just kind of answer your original question. <laughs> well, about time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is that, uh, no, I don't think Stan Butler will rest any of his players. He hasn't done it all year. Um, we saw at the beginning of the year, I was, Jake Smith went on 12, 14 games straight. Um, he, he, you know, that's, it's not going to happen. Uh, we, you know, uh, we've been down in the scrums in the post game, and questions like that have been kind of, I'd say low ball to him. You know, they weren't really hard-hitting questions, but we've, you know, asked the question, is he looking to rest players? And he said no because, you know, frankly, you know, in the last three road games, they were not, they're not playing well enough to rest. There's mm -hmm. no, you know, you got to be playing your best hockey going in the playoffs. Um, so, it's, so it's twofold for me, I think. A, you want them to be playing their best hockey. Mike Amadio isn't going to get any better just because you sit him out of the third period of a Barry game. And, and, and the B is, is, like I said before, they want that third place spot. They don't want just home ice advantage. Yeah. They want that third place spot. So, I'm 100% sure. Maybe the Barry Colts might think about resting people, but this North Bay Battalion team won't. Uh, interesting you touch on it. Mike Amadio, um, a guy who I would say is playing his best hockey right now. Mm -hmm. um, what a season he has had. He's already the franchise leader in, in goal scored in a single season. Has 48 goals going into this final weekend. Um, he signed a contract now with the LA Kings. And I asked Stan Butler earlier this week, was it always a matter of when, not if, he would get the contract? And, and Butler said, yeah. And you look at his uh, goal totals over the season, six in his first year, 12 the next year, 24 the next year, and now 48. <laughs> so he's actually doubled Literally. his goal production every single year. And just a guy that I think the LA Kings, when they drafted him, they drafted him because of his two-way player ability and his ability to set people up. Now they're going... Oh, my goodness. We've got a goal scorer here. <laughs> we drafted a goal scorer in the third round. Just your guys' thoughts on Amadio getting his contract. I mean, it, it was bound to happen before the draft for sure. I mean, Amadio, like you said, the best uh, the best uh, single season from an Italian player in the franchise's history. He's such a great player. And, of course, it's Bertino retiring early in his career. I mean, he's fill, he's filling the goal scorer shoes. And what a captain he is. He's such a great leader to this team. And... I mean, City North Bay is going to miss him, but he's just been hes just been lights out this year. I mean, you look at some of the performances he's had, especially the five-goal game against the Kingston Frontenacs, that's probably one of, one of the highlights of his career, definitely not the only one. I mean, he, he's on pace to get 50 goals this weekend. He, he only needs two more. No one in the history of the Battalion franchise has ever scored 50 goals, let let alone pass Wotesh Wolski record back in, I think, 1999-2000, whenever that was. But, I mean, you know, he's just been so good for this team, and he's filling in the shoes of uh, Zach Bertina because people were thinking he was supposed to be the leader this year and he was going to be the top goal scorer, and Amato's just, like I said, been lights out all year. And, uh, you know, I think heading into the playoffs, I don't think he's going to let his foot off the pedal. How much 
more impressive, Tristan, do you think it is that someone is getting close to 50 goals in a Stan Butler coach system? <laughs> well, it's interesting you said that because that's what I was going to mention when you, when you say about uh, NHL contracts and where Michael Mario was drafted. And that's, that's the key thing. He was drafted in the third round as a, uh, did you say, 16-goal goal scorer that season? It was. It wasn't a lot of goals. Uh, you know. 12, 12, 12 goals. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so he didn't have a ton of goals. He didn't have a ton of points. He was playing on the third, fourth line for the North Bay Battalion, um, but he was playing in a Stan Butler system. And this got brought up a lot uh, at the trade deadline with Kyle Wood being traded away. And a lot of a lot of people are saying that that Stan Butler players have a significant stock at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. There's there is a there is a uh, a style of play that that if you can get them if you can get skilled players to play this way the way that Mike Amadio does the way that he back checks the way that he's strong defensively on the faceoffs stick checking um, the way he's uh, responsible in, in you know he doesn't take a ton of penalties he doesn't you know we've seen Defrusia come here and throw punches at the end of the game and then <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're you're three on four four on three for the overtime like there there are certain leaders in this league that simply don't do that but everything Mike Amadio does it just oozes class and I think. That, that, that really holds stock with NHL teams. So if you get a 12-goal scorer uh, guy who's playing in a standballer system at, at 17, 16, or whatever it is when he's drafted, it, it's a, it's, it, it means that he's only going to get better from there. And he, they really hold a significant stock in the NHL market. So the third-round pick is really because he was a standballer player. I think mm-hmm. if he was playing with any other OHL team, you're looking at a fifth, sixth, seventh round player, but it's because he's with a Stan Butler team. And and like you said, that 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 50 goals is a phenomenal number. And I'm gonna if he gets there, he's still <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. But I mean, just just to be the the single all time record. But I, I'm gonna heap huge praise on him here and say that what they have drafted in the third round is exactly what they drafted when they took Anze Kopitar mm-hmm. uh, in the. In the first round, it was really high up. Uh, <laughs> in the in the first round, and they've just given him the the seven eight year deal that he's going to be the highest paid player for the LA Kings. He's exactly the same type of player, not as quite as physical yet. But Hanse Kopitar is a twenty you know eight year old man. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, uh, he's he's got a you know seven years on Mike Amadio. So, but what Mike Amadio does defensively, same as Hanse Kopitar, faceoffs, fantastic stats. Uh, he's right up there at fifty percent. He's taken more than anyone at the OHL level. Defensively, offense doesn't matter. Faceoffs are fantastic. He's got a great shot. He's a great playmaker. He can shield the puck with his body. He can penalty kill. He can power play. He can pass. He can shoot. He can do it all. He's the he's the stereotypical centerman that you want, and he's exactly what Anze Kopitar has at the LA Kings. I think if they can develop those two and get them firing at the same level at the same time, a one-two punch, right up there at the best. Now, Mike Amadio, in, in the time from our last podcast, Mike Amadio had... Um, a career game, five goals against the Kingston Frontenacs. Unfortunately, the battalion lost that game six to five in Kingston. Uh, Mike Amato's, you know, did everything he could to win that game for the team. They didn't even get a point out of it. But that's got to be up there with one of the all-time great single-player performances in battalion mm-hmm. uh, franchise history. They they do have a player that had a seven-point game. I believe it was Woltek Wolski. I think it is Wolski. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a number Wolski. of years ago. Yeah, Woltek Wolski had a uh, seven-point game. So, I mean, you know, there, there are guys that have gotten more points than Amadio in a single game, but five goals. It was such a performance. It was amazing to see for myself in person, and it got me thinking on uh, a subject that we can touch on today is, is, a, is a performance that yourselves have seen that ranks up there with the all-time. Just checking it. Woltek Wolski got uh, four goals and three assists 
on January 26, 2006 against the Erie Otters. So uh, a couple that stand out for me, um, and this is, this is going to switch sports, but when Albert Pujols hit three home runs in a World Series game, yeah. that was back in 2011, that was pretty epic. Drove in six RBIs all by himself, doing it in game three, so a pivotal game of that World Series. So um, that was a pretty big... Uh, very cool performance to watch for one single player. Uh, another baseball one, uh, going back to 1993, Lenny Dykstra. Uh, drove in four runs, scored four times, had four hits, hit two home runs. That was against the Blue Jays. He was a member of the Phillies, and that was game four of the 93 World Series. So those are two baseball ones that I have that rank up there with all-time individual player performances. But I think... Live in a building, the Amadio five-goal performance is probably the most dominant one I've seen myself. Uh, what, what do you guys say uh, in something that you guys have seen that, that ranks up there? Because um, none of us were alive for the Daryl Sittler one. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that one's got to be up there too. So what do you guys? Um, <clears throat> mine has got to be uh, Tomas Hurdle in his first or second season when he played the New York Rangers. Uh, I think he had four goals against. Uh, it wasn't Lundqvist. It was their backup. I can't. Was it Cam Talbot? I, I can't. I can't remember. It who might the have been goal Talbot was. at the time. Anyway, uh, I mean, Hurdle was just a rookie at the time. For a rookie to do that, especially in a city like San Jose, is beyond impressive. At least in my opinion. I mean, he he was fast. He had he had a great shot. His fourth goal was absolutely filthy. And I remember after the game, they Tortorella was not too pleased. And then, of course. Uh, Joe Thornton after the game said something animal related that I'm not going to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, honestly, that's one of the best single game performances I've, I might have seen in regards to hockey. I mean, Thomas Hurdle's still technically trying to uh, get back in the groove of things. But back at that time, you know, he, he earned the nickname Teenage Mutant Ninja Hurdle for a reason. So, I mean, that's my uh, probably the best single performance that I've seen ever. I was, be I believe it was against Martin Biron. Biron. He was the, okay. uh, he was the backup that year. Uh, you know what? I, I remember that now because Biron retired like a couple of games later. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but with a French accent. Yeah, no, I remember yeah. that Marty Biron actually, I've seen that interview with him, uh, you know, the former Sabres Rangers goaltender. Uh, he's, he said that. He said, I retired a couple of days later because he retired mid-season. It, right. it wasn't an end-of-season thing. Uh, anyway, off that, um, seeing as Matt's going to switch up the sports, uh, I'm going to mention a little soccer here. I thought you were going yeah. to. <laughs> so, because you got, you got me thinking, actually. Uh, so you can, you can YouTube this, the FA Cup final 2006 uh it is literally nicknamed the steven gerrard final okay yeah so if, if you youtube the highlights of that which i'm sure everyone will stevie uh, gerrard yeah. one of the best <laughs> if you if you if you youtube those uh yeah if you get a final game named after you it's it's probably for a pretty good in a performance uh, i won't sp spoil all the drama but uh, on the hockey side of things uh zach bertina did a pretty cool cool thing this year uh scoring a hat trick late in the game um I can't remember if it was Hamilton or not uh, earlier in the season, and he scored a, a buzzer-beater goal uh, when he was on the breakaway at the end of the game. And nobody sure, nobody was quite sure if it went in uh, in time, but when it did, it was uh, pretty good. So that's live. Uh, and in, in terms of just watching, um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Ryan Miller, goaltender uh, of the USA team at the 2010 Olympics. Maybe not any individual game, and sure, he did let in the golden goal that Sidney Crosby now loves to watch um but uh 
but you know, at the end of the day, he he was named MVP of that tournament, and that that's a pretty tall order to to yeah. to be on the losing side of the final, be a goaltender, and, and you know, and, and to be named MVP. And I remember, um, you know, it was it was kind of a kind of embarrassing afterwards that he every rink he went to in the NHL after that. Uh, I remember in Washington and Montreal, so Canada and the states, he got standing ovation to start the game. So people really, you know, were yeah, really right. hats off. He won the Vesna that year as well. The only time he did win it. Uh, but I remember that 2010 Olympics. Though every game, Ryan Miller just seemed like he could stop everything and anything. It was it was pretty worrying when they went to overtime <laughs> with him in that. I won't lie. Can we now, see maybe Carey Price 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics? I mean, he won a gold medal with a in, with a pulled groin, if I'm not mistaken. Like. Who yeah, else I do don't you know, know but about? he didn't make like I'm I remember not, Miller making that. some <laughs> amazing saves. Like Carey yeah. Price, like I think that was more of a product of the fact that the defense was so dumb. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you're playing on a team. I remember with, yeah. watching that Canada Russia game, going, "Okay, when is Russia actually going to show up and make me sweat?" Like I, right off the drop of the puck, Canada went up one nothing, and I was like. This game's over. The, the like, Sweden final was the most comfortable final in pro sports I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and I mean, the game against Latvia had chills down my spine because I thought they were going to beat us. L- see, Latvia made right. it a little like, bit are closer you than me? anything else. And Gazlevskis, uh, yeah. I mean, he was the goaltender for Latvia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Now he's a backup for Ben Bishop in Tampa Bay. That just... Yeah. That just proves of what the Olympics can do for your yeah. country. But so, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not having that carry price. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. They uh, want to move on to uh, something else that the battalion have done that that's uh, really great for the community, and they've really, you know, they do a lot of things. Uh, it seems like every week they're at a different school doing a kind of luncheon thing with kids at different schools. But this weekend they're going to be playing. Uh, well, they're going to be teaming up with uh, Thomas Mercier uh, <laughs> as the the North Bay North Stars will be taking on the North Bay Battalion in a friendly uh, exhibition game. So, Thomas, that's something that you can tell us about. You, you've played them a couple of times, right? I played and them what, last year, yes. Yeah, so what is it like? What's it like to be on the ice with these guys? I mean, the difference between being in the crowd and on the ice <laughs> is just bone-chilling, man. I mean, these these were a great group of kids last year, and this was uh, uh, the season, of course, where Barkley Goodrow was still here. I, I actually don't think he was playing at that time because uh, – I or no, it was Nick Paul, sorry, that was gone because of uh, – World Juniors when we played them last year, but you know, it, it's great to play with these guys. They really care about the community. It's a great team, and uh, basically what happens is uh, we split the teams in two. So uh, one half of the battalion and North Stars go with light colors, and the other goes dark. So they basically split up the teams. I was with the dark uh, colors on the home team bench last year, so I th- I can't remember who some of them were, but I'm pretty sure we got both of the Europeans and it was kind of hard to understand what they were telling us to do. <laughs> but I I mean, last year was just a bone-chilling experience because I never thought I'd be able to play with an OHL team. And that, that was a dream of mine to play hockey with an OHL team. And I got to score a goal, especially. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't Jake Smith, but it was Evan Cormier that I scored on five-hole. But, you know, these guys really care about the community and this is a great game. And it's our last game of the season. And I mean, it's free, so which is which is even better. Uh, but a donation to the North Stars is appreciated because you know we're still recovering from our tournament in Kitchener because that was really, really expensive. But I mean, you know, it's a great community event. These guys cared. They just had a meet and greet at the North Game Off, if I'm not mistaken, yep. uh, yesterday. Autograph signing. So yeah. these guys really love the community, and you know, Sam but- Sam Butler's daughter actually plays for the Durham Dragons special needs hockey team. Uh, and, you know, he can kind of relate to us, and he's been really helpful with us this year. He got us new practice jerseys last season. Uh, you know, these guys just – we're so close with them, especially with the uh, Fun family because they billet Jake Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sharon Fun, Dave Washington, 
they've done such a great job with this team, especially doing great events. We played the Voodoo's last year. We're playing with the Battalion this year. We we had the Durham Dragons earlier this year in an exhibition here at the Memorial Gardens. I mean, just great organizers. It's a great franchise. And if you're not doing anything, you got to come see it. From 1 to 3, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, of course, donation is appreciated, but it's free nonetheless. And this is the only... Uh, special needs hockey team in Northern Ontario. That is correct. That's unreal. And me and my mom are actually planning, once I move back to Sudbury, we're planning on starting our own special needs hockey well, team. Well, good for you guys. So, <clears throat> because, you know, her dad used to coach a hockey team called the Flyers, so she's always wanted to manage a hockey team named the Flyers. Okay. So, uh, you know, if, if we get a team started, because, of course, it's my last year here, our last year here because of uh, college, I mean, we're going to try and get a team started, maybe play some games against the uh, – North Bay North Stars and hopefully maybe play with the Wolves back home in Sudbury but you know special needs hockey is just recognized pretty much by everybody and we've played so many teams at the tournament They're, they they want to come here and play us we've had teams from Durham from uh, Kawartha which is in Peterborough Donaldson which I think is just outside of Don Mills or something like that they've wanted to come here and play us mm -hmm. which is really really cool and we went to Ottawa last year for the uh SHI tournament, the biggest of its kind. Uh, over 70 different teams from around the world wow. played in one tournament. And they had this big ceremony at the, at the uh, Canadian Tire Center. And it was, it was probably the coolest experience I've ever had. It's a great league and it's a great team. And, you know, a lot of people don't get the chance to play professional yeah, hockey. And right. this is basically the chance for people to live the dream. And I've just been living the dream ever since I came here because when I first saw it, uh, I was originally going to help coach the team, but when I was like, Mom, I want to play for these guys because this looks really cool, and finally got to live the dream. It's just been a great two years here. And Amazing. I, I, I can't wait for Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun, but yeah, it's, sure. it, it's going to play with my heartstrings a little bit because it is the last game here for me. So if you can make it out, uh, starts at 1. For the B again, team, it is, is at 1, yes. It is, it is free for uh, spectators, but again, donations always uh, welcome. Tristan? For sure, and we were just talking about uh, single-game performances, so if we don't see one from Thomas Mercier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. think He's that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. I mean... That's awesome, but they, they uh, like you said, they get you guys get to uh, combine teams, so you get, uh, you get to actually play alongside some yeah. of the uh, battalion players. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, let's uh, move on. I also want to touch on, again, going back to your home community, Thomas, uh, the Sudbury Wolves who are in town tonight. Mm -hmm. As we get set up for tonight's game here, we are live at Memorial Gardens. Um, the Sudbury Wolves could be playing in a new facility soon. Yep. Um <sighs> There's been a lot of back and forth on this because when I talk to people, some people in Sudbury, it's, oh, don't take away my rink that I've grown so attached to. But then on the other hand, it's, that rink was built in the 1950s. It's the oldest active rink building. in the OHL. So your take on that as a Sud... What, what are you guys called? Sudbur Sud Sudburians? <laughs> Sudburians. Sudburians? Uh, I mean, That's weird. The, news, the news coming out uh, earlier this week about... Uh, the building council approving the arena plans, it's about $50 million, which is amazing. That's uh, actually a really good deal it, for a it, new rink. It absolutely is, and it's going to be a multi-purpose uh, facility called the True North Sports and Entertainment Center, and they're trying to build it on the Kingsway. It, it's a massive... Would that be easy to access? <laughs> uh, That's all the matters. Not, not too sure. <laughs> no, no, I mean for the, for the fans, like, like parking-wise, is that... May, I, I'm not. It depends where they put it, though, because okay. there's a lot of other places like they could have, they could possibly put it, 
but that would be a little bit more work. Okay. But anyway, of course, sorry, go on. no problem. They're passing on the plan, and there's this independent company called True North, and they want to build it independently. No taxpayer money, no city money, nothing. They want to build it on their own, and they want a new arena. I mean, the Sudbury Community Arena, oldest active arena in the Ontario yeah. Hockey League. I mean, North Bay Memorial, Memorial Gardens and Owen Sounds is not too far behind. Yeah. But, you know, Sudbury's arena, I hate I hate the uh, crap of my city, but the arena's run down. It's old. It, it doesn't work anymore. I mean, Memorial Gardens basically kicks its butt when it comes to look. <laughs> I mean, you look at those bright blue seats and the stone walls, and you're like, wow, this arena really is not that good. <laughs> um, you know, they've been due for a new arena for a while now, yeah. and I think this is the next big step forward because, you know, the city cares so much about the, yep. about their hockey, like I said in uh, the first podcast that I was on, and uh, they want the team and the people that support it, and then you don't have to support it. You can just move forward. But I think this new uh, facility is really key for this city. It's not just going to be used for hockey. It's going to be used... Uh, I think they're putting in a pool, maybe. They're putting in some training facilities and other stuff like that. Maybe yeah. an indoor soccer field. Who knows? But this is a huge step for the city of Sudbury if they want to keep their team in the city of Greater Sudbury. And this is a humongous step forward. And this means bigger sporting events like maybe the Memorial Cup, more Canada-Russia series because now it's coming to North Bay. So that's big for them. Bigger concerts. I mean, we had Kiss not too long ago, Jeff Dunham. There needs to be a bigger arena for these guys to perform in because if you have all, if you don't have that much seating, it it just doesn't work that well. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think this is going to be a humongous step forward for the city of Sudbury to try and keep the franchise in the city, uh, and hopefully build a rink that's not going to cost anybody any money. So I I'm glad that they passed on this plan and hopefully they get to building it very soon. Yeah. So it's going to be up for a council vote next. Is is what I'm hearing. Um, and another area that did house OHL hockey for quite a long time, Belleville, apparently their city council is about to go through with a, a new arena deal, but they lost their team to Hamilton, so now the question to you, Tristan, new is from the Belleville area, um, first, A, do you think they can support a team? B, do you think the league should expand to accept another team, or would this be a case of a of an existing team moving? Just your your idea on all that. Yes and no. Okay, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, great for city council, but I mean, you're 12 months late. Uh, well, no, you're more than 12 months late. You're like five years late. Uh, you know. It's it's easier for Sudbury to build a rink when they know they have a, a team and a fan base that they can back on. For Belleville, they may have some of a fan base, but I mean, it's not the it's not going to be the Belleville Bulls. It's not going to be that franchise. It's not going to be uh, you know a veteran GM, a head coach like George Burnett. So y you really don't know. It's a super unknown that that it's, that what is what is going to be there. What's the rink? The the city uh, for those who aren't familiar have piled a ton of money into um, into the. Uh, complex itself, the the Wally Dever complex. It has a pool, it has a, a spa, it has a gym, all that kind of stuff. It, like it's it's a really nice complex, but they refuse to put money into anything that would benefit the team owners mm -hmm. if they weren't willing to go in on it as well. Like so half and half. Kind yeah. Of thing. So yeah, I mean, okay. yeah. So if to put it in perspective, Memorial Gardens, it'd be like putting a pool, uh, the, the city putting a pool and such on the uh, on the um, team 
uh, on the side of the Memorial Gardens, putting a pool and such, but uh, letting the seats rot because uh, that wouldn't uh, benefit the team. So that's kind of what it's been like for the for the Belleville Bulls, or sorry, the Belleville area team, whatever you want to call it. But as far as expansion, uh, I I really don't see that as a possibility for the for the OHL. Uh, I think that it's going to be a struggle for them to get a to get a, another team, you know, because if you bring one team in, you're going to have to bring another. You, you have to yeah. go in with an even number. Otherwise, it just becomes a little um, little busy. The, schedu the schedule will be really messed up yeah, if they so make it an uneven, uneven league. So, I mean, then you're looking at taking a team from anywhere, somewhere else. And as, you know, people from North Bay will know, as people from Belleville now know, it's not fun taking another team from mm -hmm. somewhere else. So I don't wish that on anyone else. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit of too little too late. And then, you know, hopefully Belleville gets a team, but I don't know if I'd really want to take it from someone else. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting to watch those two stories develop. Of course, we'll be in Sudbury later on this week as well as a battalion uh, march towards the uh, playoff, uh, the, the beginning of the playoffs, and march towards a possible another Eastern Conference final. It'll be probably a little bit more difficult this year <laughs> considering where they are health-wise and where they are roster-wise but if they can get healthy and get everyone back on the ice they're going to be a tough out for anyone in this playoffs and we'll have a full playoff preview for us for you uh in our next episode of the podcast I want to thank thomas I want to thank tristan for joining me on the podcast today we've got a game to get ready for so uh we're just about out of time but again guys thanks so much for joining me and thank you all for listening to the battalion blog podcast i'm matthew sucro the voice of the battalion signing off